Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BBP News. I'm Nicholas Rod, and I am back with you this morning on February's edition of Good News Saturday. I am alone this morning. Chris, unfortunately, like he said in yesterday's episode, could not join me uh, for this round of Good News Saturday but that doesn't mean we're not going to have a bunch of good news to report, a bunch of good news to talk about. So I am glad to be here. Um, you know, as I always say during these, I do love these episodes. I love good news. I'm so happy, honestly, that we decided to make it a regular show, a uh, monthly show. And um, honestly... I'm just ready to kick things off and jump right into the good news. So kick back, put your feet up on this, well, depending on where you are, snowy morning, and let's get into it. So our first story for this morning takes place on a flight from Ghana to the U.S. Now, the flight itself is an 11-hour flight, and about nine hours into this flight, uh, a woman went into labor. Uh, her baby, who was due in late February, decided that it was going to be born 34,000 feet up in the air. Now, p- by pure luck, there happened to be a doctor and a nurse on board. So, they immediately jumped into action along with the rest of the flight crew, and they managed to make the birth as smooth as humanly possible when you're in the middle of a flight. Um, the baby boy was born very healthfully and everything went well. There was a lot of celebration. The pilot got on the intercom system and announced the birth to the entire plane to which everyone celebrated, everyone applauded, and everything went very well. When they landed in New York, there were paramedics and congratulatory balloons waiting for her and they made sure everything was okay and turns out everything was. Every, everyone was healthy, everyone was safe, and everything just worked out perfectly. Now, that is honestly just the definition of an exciting flight. Not in all the best ways, you know. It's not ideal to go into labor when you're in the middle of a flight, but hey, it happens, you know. You can't always stop that from happening, and you know, the one nice thing is that we can say it all went well, everything everyone was safe, everyone, you know, was there to help. It the fact that there was a doctor and a nurse on board, honestly, I am sure just made the entire process so much easier. Um but honestly, just a cool story to open it up with. A nice story, a nice happy story. You know, baby boy was born in the middle of a flight and thankfully he was healthy, the mom was healthy. Everything was great there. So now we move into story number two. And an NFL legend has gone back to college to finish out his degree. Jerome Bettis, 49, also known as the bus, has gone back to the University of Notre Dame to finish out his degree, which he had started out 30 years ago. Actually, 30 years ago was when he left the colleges. He was drafted by the Rams in 1993, to which he then went on to have a stellar NFL career. He is actually eighth in all-time rushing yards in the NFL, which means that he is a legend in the sport. He is a pro football Hall of Famer, 
and now he is going back to become a college graduate. Now, his reasoning for doing this simply is to make those around him very proud and very happy. He said that he'd be the first in his immediate family to get a college degree, which he hopes will make his mom proud as well as have an impact on his two children. But even beyond that, it would make him the 21st and final graduate of his football class, meaning that all 21 members of that football class would have graduated with their degrees. He is currently four courses away from obtaining that degree, and I definitely wish him the best of luck in obtaining that. This is just awesome. You know, when we think about these major athletes, these, you know, very successful athletes, we often wonder, I'm sure, what happens to them afterwards, you know, after they retire from the sport that they're playing in. Some become broadcasters, some become, you know, journalists in the sport or reporters in the sport, um, coaches, all these different things. But, you know, some step away from the sport entirely. Some step away and do other things with their lives. Bettis, he was doing all kinds of different things. He was trucking. He was working with development marketing companies. He was in commercials. Um, so he was doing all these different things, and he decided that it was time that he go back and actually get his degree. So congratulations for Bettis. Uh, wish him the best of luck with that. Um, and honestly, just good for him that he's actually stepping back into the classroom to, you know, fulfill his dreams and to follow his goals, uh, to complete his goals and make those around him proud. So now we move into story number three. A Los Angeles woman is taking her childhood interests and turning them into her career. Bridget McCarty absolutely loved miniature objects when she was a child, and she says that it came from the fact that her grandmother had a lot of miniature items, you know, on the shelves throughout her house, and McCarty wasn't allowed to touch any of them with her grandmother saying that they were too delicate. And, you know, oftentimes as children, when we're told that we can't touch anything or play with something or, you know, we can't have something, we become more and more interested in it. Well, this rang ever true for McCarty as she became very fascinated with building and creating miniature items of her own. Now, this ended up turning into quite uh, the hobby for her as she began to create very intricate and very elaborate miniature movie sets and, and TV sets. And she's made several very popular ones, such as, you know, uh, Monica's Apartment from the show Friends. She created a miniature version of the comic book store from Big Bang Theory, uh, the bookstore Flourish and Blots from Harry Potter. She's done ones for Jurassic Park. She does all kinds of these different sculptures and these, and these different creations. And... Again, she makes them very intricate. She even goes through and wires the whole thing. Mind you, these are, you know, 50 centimeter or smaller creations, but she goes through and wires them up and actually, you know, lights them up and does all kinds of things with them. And again, at first it just started out as a hobby, but then 
More and more people started asking to buy them, offered money for them, and so she began to sell them. She says that it takes about, you know, up to a month to create some of these, but she absolutely adores making them, and she's selling them now and making it her career, and she's going stronger than ever with no plans to stop anytime soon, and honestly, it just goes to show that sometimes our childhood interests can lead us down a path that we never expected. This story kind of blows my mind. You know, as someone who is a fan of Friends and Harry Potter and uh, even Big Bang Theory, I enjoyed a lot. You know, I don't watch it as much anymore, but uh, I used to watch it quite often when it would come on on TV. This is so cool. And honestly, I hate the fact that I can't actually see these sculptures and see pictures of them uh, because I can only imagine how wonderful these look to take the time to actually go through and not only build them but wire them up light them up do all these elaborate intricate things with them um to make them look you know basically uh you know realistic and legit you know as if they were actually built almost as like a scale model for uh the sets themselves and um just you know the fact that she actually followed this she followed this passion she followed this interest in these miniature objects and miniature items uh in such a way to actually make it her career it's so cool and it's so awesome that she's actually able to you know earn a living and, and have an income based off these things so congratulations to mccarty I, i'm saying congratulations a lot during this episode i realized for each one of these stories i've said it but that's just absolutely amazing and it, it's just <laughs> it's so cool to think about the fact that it all stemmed from just like a childhood fascination. You know, it's not even like, it's not even like it started out as a hobby or like, as, you know, she didn't see anyone else creating these different sculptures. She didn't see anyone doing this before her. It all stemmed from a fascination with the objects themselves that she wasn't allowed to handle, you know, that she wasn't allowed to touch or, or go near really. So just a really cool story in my book, um, and I honestly love this. Makes me wonder what uh, what passions I could follow for my childhood interests, and honestly, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I don't even remember most of my interests from back when I was really young, so uh, moving on. <laughs> but now we move right along into story number four. And honestly, a phone call has the potential to do anything. And this is especially true for Rachel Lawrence, who called into the vet to, you know, have a chat with the vet about an operation that had been done on her cat um, just recently, when she happened to hear a certain meow in the background, and she knew immediately what it was. And she recognized it to be the meow of a family cat that had disappeared eight months earlier. And so she hung up the phone. You know, she, she had talked to the vet for a second about it. The vet just said that it was a stray that had come in that had been uh, rescued. So she hung up the phone, and she, but she couldn't stop thinking about it. You know, the, the meow just kept coming back to her. She kept thinking about it. It was on her mind. So 
She called the vet back and asked for a description of the cat, and sure enough, it matched the one that had disappeared. So she went in with photos to just verify the match, and sure enough, it was their old family cat. She immediately video called her family, uh, her three children, to show them who she had found, and they were able to bring him home. They chipped him at the vet to make sure that if he did disappear again, they would be able to find him. Um, So he's back home now. He's getting lots of attention from the family. Um, And, you know, he's eating well, according to uh, Lawrence. And, you know, everything seems to be all, you know, everything seems to be right with that whole situation now. And honestly, just so touching. Uh, We have animal stories on the show all the time, and we've had several, like, um, reunion stories when it comes to pets and animals on this show, and every one of them touches my heart just as much as the last, you know? To lose your cat, you know, for your cat to run away, and it's tough. Having any pet run away is a tremendously hard thing to go through. Um, you know, I definitely remember what it was like. And so to imagine that you could suddenly hear your pets, you know, meow or bark or whatever else in the middle of a phone call to your vet, that just makes your heart stop, you know, to hear something like that. I can only imagine what Lawrence was feeling in that moment, just the shock, the emotion, everything, um, to hear, her lost cat meowing in the background of a call with the vet. That's just, there There are no words for that. And the fact that they were able to bring him home and that he's with the family again and getting all the attention and the love that he missed over those eight months, just absolutely wonderful. And <laughs> just so adorable, the fact that he's home now, the fact that he's getting that attention, um, he's eating well. I absolutely love this story. Story number five is a little different. This is our last story for this morning, and it's a little different, but I wanted to include it because it it is rather interesting, and it also does uh, have to do with animals. So in Brighton, a city in England, they are working to try and protect the solitary bee species uh, throughout England and, and throughout the region. And one of the ways that they are doing this is through what they're calling bee bricks, now, essentially what these bricks are, these they're bricks, you know, they're normal bricks that you'd see in buildings, but they have small holes in them that the bees can use to build nests and little homes for themselves to, just to try and protect themselves and have a place to live. And this is, again, an attempt to try and protect these solitary bee species, um, you know, to make sure that they don't die out and that they don't... Um, that they don't become extinct or endangered or anything else. And this is just one of several projects that they're working on to try and protect different animal species. They have another type of brick called swift bricks that also have, you know, slightly larger holes in them so that certain small bird species can build homes uh, in these bricks and in these buildings. And, you know, they're starting to build with them. Uh, There are regulations and laws in place in Brighton 
to make sure that there are buildings, you know, when new buildings are built, that they use these B bricks and they're trying to implement the swift bricks as well. And it's all in an attempt to protect things like, uh, you know, biodiversity, you know, trying to protect the different species and to keep the different species alive of bees, birds, and other animals. And, you know, while there are some concerns over these bricks and while some people, um, have concerns over them and their effectiveness and all that, they are putting these into effect in an attempt to uh, fulfill this project and fulfill this goal. And, you know, personally, personally speaking, not a huge B person, right? Uh, they kind of terrify me. You know, I... Pff, I try to stay away from bees as much as possible, and sometimes I heavily question why they have to exist. But they do. They do have a place, uh, as much as I hate to admit it. They have a place in this world. They have a place in, um, you know, in our world. And it's kind of cool to think that something as simple as, you know, a different kind of brick is being used to protect uh, these different species. Because... We have heard, you know, over and over and over again in the past years that, you know, oh, these different bee species are, are starting to become extinct or they're starting to disappear. The one that we hear in America a lot, at least here in the Northeast, is, you know, honeybees. Honeybees are in massive danger. That's what we always hear. Um, and so to think that they're taking the steps in a place like Brighton to protect uh, these different species and not, not just the bees, but even like, like I said, the birds, you know, these different small bird species that are either endangered or like in danger of becoming, you know, rare or extinct, you know? So just a cool story. Honestly, I, I like the fact that such a seemingly simple, uh, innovation, and such a simple idea could actually be effective in in accomplishing this goal. You know, just making these bricks so that they have these tiny little spaces, these tiny little holes for the bees and birds to make their homes. Really cool, honestly. Really cool invention. I love creativity like this. I love the fact that it's going towards a cause like this. And so I figured I'd include it as the final story for this morning. But... That is it for this month's edition of Good News Saturday. You know, too bad Chris couldn't be here to celebrate the news with me, to talk through the news with me, but I know I had a lot of fun putting these stories together for you guys, talking about them here, and I hope you guys enjoyed them just as much as I did. But again, that is the end, and we will be back here on Monday morning with your wrap-up of the weekend's news. Until then, though, make sure to follow us on Twitter at BBP News Official, where we have all the latest breaking news, all the latest headlines. Make sure to go follow us over there and don't miss a thing. Also, check out our Medium articles. We are covering uh, the state of the states for governors who are up for re-election this year and all different topics beyond that as well. So don't miss out on that. But until Monday morning, we'll see you guys. Have a great weekend.